my name is Casey. We got some new faces. Good to see you guys this morning. I uh, see a couple of new uh, folks I haven't met yet. So if you have uh, an opportunity, want to fill out a connect card, uh, just put your social security number and credit card information on there. Be fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, but uh, again, my name is Casey, one of the pastors serving alongside you guys. Great to have you guys. We're starting to get, uh, get people coming back, which is kind of neat, you know, and I know it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool to have uh, folks in the house and that kind of thing. So uh, last week we um, we uh, we talked through. We actually uh, inviting are inviting folks to be able to if you want to serve or you want to do anything um, in the in as far as first impressions, which is like greeting and being out in the parking lot, being at, at the connect desk, uh, that kind of thing, kind of. Taking some information from folks if you need, or if anybody has questions about what we got going on as a church, we have that. If Pete's back there right now, thank you, Pete. Pete's doing everything, man. Um, but but see, obviously we need some help, right? So that's one of those things. One of the things we're talking about uh, with wor- like worship team. We want to if anybody has any uh, any any ideas. Some people are like I can't play music or I don't, you know, I'm tone deaf. Well, I've asked if I could maybe be a backup dancer or a rapper, and I keep seeing it and said no, but um, not true? Oh, well, well, doggone, too bad we're done for the day, so I would have done it if I'd have known, so, but you know, you may, you may be uh, proficient with slides, or you may be, have somebody, hey, I can help download podcasts and stuff like that, um, you know, those kind of things are, are, are things that the worship team does, Kid City does all kinds of things. Uh, downstairs. Obviously, we teach children, but there's a lot that goes through with even some of the tech stuff, setting up the teachings and stuff like that, too. Um, but we definitely need someone to help with the children as well. Is that right, uh, Alicia, our Kid City Director? Alicia's like, please and thank you, right? Um, but there's lots of things. Students said we had some people uh, people sign up for uh, to help with youth uh, that is on uh, Sunday nights at 5 o'clock. So as we start having people coming back, we're kind of rebuilding our teams and and those kinds of things, which is great. So it's uh, it's good to have uh, you know folks uh, coming back, and we can kind of get some get some things uh, rolling again. And it's also a good time for folks to say, you know, I, I've been doing this for a while. I want to try something different and that kind of thing. Great opportunity to do that. So we'll have those sign up uh, those sign up sheets back in the back for you. Also, we have uh, several things going on, and I really want to ask you guys if you haven't been to we haven't had a a city group class here in a long time but starting a week from this tuesday night the the 15th at seven o'clock we're having what's called exploring discipleship now this discipleship is is called a lot of things in a lot of ways but we go through what the scriptures actually have to say what jesus actually said uh discipleship is and why we do discipleship the way we do it and it's an introduction to that every uh every tuesday night for six weeks only and so if you can change your schedule around a little bit, be there. It is very, very, very good stuff. It's really kind of mind-blowing in a lot of ways when you look at the scriptures, the way scripture talks about discipleship and what people have actually called it. It's something a lot of times a little bit different, and it makes people go, dang, all right, I got to get, uh, you know, I gotta, if I'm going to make disciples, I got to know how, amen? And so we do that. Uh, finally, too, we have a what's called a food uh, free food giveaway. It's Free Food Friday giveaway on September 25th. We are working with the USDA to help um, 
distribute excess produce that has been as part of COVID. We are, I mean, it's just a lot of excess stuff that's just being thrown away. So we're actually, uh, there's an organization working with a lot of nonprofits that are trying to help free, help distribute this food. On the 25th, uh, we are going to be doing that. And we have plenty of volunteers, but if you want to come and help anyway, if you haven't signed up or anything, that's fine. But we are asking for 15 volunteers. We got 22. So that's very cool. Yeah. Amen, man. It's very cool. And so I love that. So we are uh, working with those guys and, and, and that kind of thing. We are also, the city may join us on that day and give some stuff that's been donated to the city as well. So it's going to be a, be, a, be a really cool deal on the 25th. So, and if you think, man, that's a lot of stuff, right? It's a lot of stuff to think about. There's a lot of things. Uh, I am already exhausted. I'm already tired. Well, this message is for you because we're talking about exhaustion today because we, you know, we've been this whole idea of press on, uh, man, the, 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 the thoughts about press on the, the, the series called press on, you know, we talked about fear and rejection a couple of weeks ago. And last week we talked about sadness. Now fear is, is actually a sin. If it's not fear of God, like, cause over and over it talks about in scripture that we're not to be afraid, not to be anxious, not to be fearful of anything. In fact, it is the most frequently commanded of all the scriptures, but rejection and the fear that results from rejection is like the rejection. A lot of times we fear, we feel is, is, is real. Jesus himself was rejected. Jesus himself got sad and Jesus himself got exhausted. I'm reminded that Jesus himself was in the boat sleeping like a baby when the storms and everything were just crashing all around him. His disciples were freaked out. They woke him up and said, Jesus, don't you even care we're going to die? And Jesus is kind of like, oh man, really? Stop. And the dead, you know, and everything stopped. They were like, whoa, who is this guy, right? And so, yeah, Jesus felt tired from time to time. But here's the thing that I was uh, thinking through this, this week is that, is that energy, now, just like time and money, yes, it's limited. I almost said it's unlimited because the power and the source is, is, is God. But it is limited, no doubt. I mean, we have a tank, a physical tank, but you probably have more energy than you think. A lot of times it's a mental, it's a mind game. It's a, I think I am tired, therefore I am. And Jesus exhibits that in his ministry a lot. One of the things that really kind of prompted me to to think through this, and by the way, we plan these out uh, several weeks in advance about what we're going to talk about and that kind of thing. And I happened to be listening to a, a podcast by a guy named John Maxwell. He's kind of a leadership guy. I love this guy. I really enjoy his teaching, a former pastor. So I kind of have that relay, like, like that, that, that in common with him. But he, he quoted a, a former Navy SEAL named David Goggins. David Goggins said, and this is based on his his time with the uh, training the Navy SEALs. And, you know, I imagine that's really, really tough. And they go, man, I can't do it anymore. And he said, yeah, you can. You know, you're the drill instructors. You keep pushing these guys. He said, what he says is that your mind, when your mind is telling you that you're done, that you're exhausted, that you cannot possibly go any further, you are only actually 40% done. Which means your, your tank's over half full still. But our mind says we're finished. 
And we all experience this and we all experience those kinds of things. And I'm not saying that, that yes, you should fry your adrenal glands and yes, you should work 24 seven and yes, you should never sleep. And I'm not saying any of those things. What I am saying is that a lot of times we say we're tired when we still got a lot to, to give. And a lot of times, yeah, we want to we wanna make sure that, that we're pushing through things just like Jesus did. If Jesus says that we have rivers of living water flowing out of us, rivers don't just stop because they hit a rock. They don't just stop because they hit a bear. They figure out a way to get around it, right? And that's the way we're, we're wired uh, to do. And I'm reminded of, uh, I think it's June 11th, 1999, one of the greatest basketball games ever played. And by the way, we still got basketball in September right now. You know it's a weird year, right? Like, it's bizarre. Football season just started and they're still playing basketball. I don't know, man. It's just, hey, welcome to 2020. But June 11th, 1999, a guy named Michael Jordan, who is the GOAT, greatest of all time, no doubt. Do not tell me LeBron is the greatest. It is it is Michael Jordan. Don't say, don't, I, I, and, I, and, I, and I love and miss Kobe Bryant, but he ain't the GOAT, right? I just say, it's Michael Jordan. He played a game that he's now famous for. Um, to, the series was tied 2-2 two to two in the semifinals with the Utah Jazz. Carl Malone, the mailman opposing Michael Jordan. What a great, great matchup, right? But one of the things that we don't know or that that's that's it's famous for it's not just you know because he played a lot of different games but but he happened to have the flu right that game now come to find out it was actually food poisoning they they found out later but they called it the flu game nobody knew what was going on he was he was exhausted he was tired that kind of thing and they didn't know if if michael jordan was going to actually play and he played with the flu, and, and, and it was an amazing. It had like 38 points, 11 rebounds, uh, like seven assists. It was, it was ridiculous, right? One of his best games ever that he had played. But if you watch him play, and I looked at some highlights this week, if you watch him play, man, like he's playing at a high level. Bell, or the, or the, the ref blows the whistle. Somebody calls a timeout. He's like, and he goes to the sideline, just collapses, right? And they and they and they interviewed him after the end of the game and said, "Hey, Mike, what what you know what what was going on? We heard you weren't feeling well." He goes, "Something inside me, I had to win, right? I had to get over this exhaustion. I was actually sick. I was actually exhausted. Literally is what he said. But I had to get up and and do this thing. I had to dig dig deep, right? And I and I and I just think there is something about the physical nature that we have." That a lot of times, you know, it's that flesh versus spirit uh, kind, of a, kind of a thing. Now, 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 I'm not saying Michael was honoring God in anything he did. I mean, I, I hope he's a believer. I don't really know. But, but there is a mental block that we'll put ourselves in that we won't push through because we've told ourselves we're exhausted. And yet God is saying, I want to calling you, you further. See, here's the deal. We'll find energy and time and money to do whatever is a priority for us. I'll give you some examples. You're at work. It's Friday afternoon at three o'clock and you've had a hard week. Boss comes in, he's like, I am done. I am spent. I am exhausted. Boss comes in and says, oh, snap. We forgot something very important. We're going to lose a major big client on Monday if we don't get this done today. Guess what happens? We dig deep. 
We figure it out. Let's say maybe a little bit lighter stuff. How about this? We'll say, uh, oh, man, when it comes to like exhaustion, it's just like time and money. We'll come to a, a conclusion that we have no money left. And by the way, some of us are in Financial Peace University. We budget, right? We don't do these kind of things. But how many times has it happened that the family gets together, we have no money. Two weeks later, this guy is trying to figure out how to buy a new truck. It happens. You figure it out, right? Uh, oh, 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 what if, uh, oh, like, I, anybody like hunting? Any who likes hunting? Hunting, golf. Who likes golf, right? Anybody got any? Yeah, anything at all. Any kind of kind of fun thing you got. If somebody comes to you, let's pick up golf, right? Somebody comes to you and you're like, I am worn out. I'm exhausted. Buddy comes, calls you. Hey, you want to go golfing? Heck yeah, right? You mean I get to walk around for six hours? All of a sudden, I got energy and time and money because it's a golfing expenses, right? Like at some point, we tell ourselves we're done, but, but we may not actually be, or we might be, but it might be something we got to be given back to God and having him push us through because a lot of times we, sh- we, we cut ourselves short. This happened when Jesus was walking and doing his thing and, and, and ministering to people in Mark 6. Listen to this. And keep in mind, we've been going through what Jesus has been doing. And he was sad, actually, we talked about last week. And, we, yeah, we, we talked about all the, all the different things. And he was rejected before in Mark 6. This passage shows us how Jesus digs deep and has his guys do the same. Mark 6, starting in verse 30. So the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest for a while, right? Like, hey, let's go rest. By the way, Jesus rested properly at the proper time, and he's having his guys to rest. They've been working. They've been ministering. They've been discipling. They've been doing all kinds of things, right? Let's go rest, fellas. For many people were coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they were tired. They were hungry. They had been working their tails off, right? So they went away in the boat by themselves to a remote place. And Jesus was like, let's go. Let's go get some time for rest. But, everybody say but. But many saw them leaving and recognized them. People ran there by land from all the, all the towns and arrived ahead of them. So he stepped ashore. He saw a huge crowd and had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Then he began to teach them many things. When it was already late, his disciples approached him and said, this place is a wilderness and it's already late. Send them away so they... So they can go into the surrounding countryside and villages to buy themselves something to eat. Now, some of you know what's coming, right? A miracle. But notice something. These guys were promised that they were going to get some rest. Jesus saw people and had compassion on them. And he said, fellas, dig deep. We got to go help these folks. They're like sheep without a shepherd. We've got to have some compassion on these people. I know 
that rest was promised, and I know you're tired, but you got more in the tank. And this is Jesus, right? A lot of times we'll hear this in scripture, and I, it's one of the things I love about scripture is that I get to blame everything on Jesus, right? Because he's the one that came up with this. I didn't come up with this. He's the one that came up. Like people are like, oh, you're just trying to tell me to, to, to dig deep and do more stuff. And I'm like, no, no, I'm trying to say just don't tell yourself that you're exhausted if God's saying I got more. He'll tell you when to rest, amen. And he wants you to rest. Some people have a problem with rest. And you go and go and go and go. That's just a sinful. And it's a sin, an affront against God if we say I'm done when God says, no, man, you got plenty. Listen to what Jesus says. You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Dig deep. It's late. I'm tired. I'm hungry. Okay, give them something to eat. <laughs> it's like, wow. Don't you have any compassion, Jesus? They said to him, should we go buy 200 denarii? Is that right? Is that how I pronounced in the first service? 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat. By the, by the way, this is like, $15,000, there's a lot of people, right? I call the caterer, they're going to love our order, right? And he asked them, how many loaves do you have? Go look. When they found it, they said five and two fish. And then he instructed them, I'll have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks of hundreds and fifties. And when he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke the loaves. And he kept giving them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish in among them all. And everyone ate and was filled, I would imagine, including the disciples themselves. Who had been hungry and tired. And then they picked up 12 baskets full, full of pieces of bread and fish. And now those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men, which was probably closer to a total of twelve to 15,000 people when you included the women and, and children. This is amazing. Maybe 20,000 people. Who knows, right? A lot of people. Immediately, he made his disciples get in the boat ahead of him to the other side in Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. He says, guys, you've earned your rest. I'll dismiss the crowd. After he said goodbye to them, he went away to the mountain to pray. He rested then. When he deserved to rest and his disciples deserved to rest, he goes, let's go rest. Something happened. And he said, dig deep. You give them something to eat. And now all they're seeing is, I don't have enough. We, got, we need about 15 grand, man. Anybody got 15 grand on you fellas, right? We ain't got it. And that's what they're seeing. But there's this miraculous that can happen when God does his thing. And you may think you're exhausted and you might legitimately be, or you might be telling yourself that, that you are. I don't know. I'm just saying, check it. Bring it to God, right? Because Jesus rested properly, but he also did not let fatigue dictate his ministry. 
Exhaustion can be real or it can be in your mind. I can't, I can't tell a lot of times, but I will, I will tell you that I had a, a very good dear friend of mine a few years back when I was talking about how tired I was and I was talking about, you know, how exhausted I was about something because I'm, you know, trying to plant a church and trying to do this and trying to do that and, you know, and I'm, and I'm working outside of the church. I'm like, just all, like all kinds of stuff. I'm trying to be a good husband, trying to, buy, you know, on and on and on and on, right? And he said, what time do you get up in the morning? Uh, I don't know, 6.37, something like that, you know. He said, get up earlier. Get up an hour earlier, hour and a half earlier. I was like, I can't get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. What are you talking right? I can't do that. He says, why not? He says, because I'm, I'm tired. He said, you just told me you're tired. <laughs> what difference does it make? And then he sold me something that I'll never forget. He said, it's not what you do that makes you tired. It's what you do not get done that you still got hanging on your head. Get up a little earlier, knock it out. See, it might be a, might be a scheduling issue. It might be a discipline issue that exhausts us. It might have nothing to do with what we actually do. I mean, I never thought about it like that. He goes, what you don't get done will exhaust you, Right? but you still got hanging on your head that you haven't diligently put down in the right schedule and made a plan to accomplish those things. That's what generally will exhaust you. I thought, dang, that's amazing, right? So anybody comes to me and they say, I'm tired. I go, what time you get up? You know, tell me why you're tired, right? I said, get up earlier. And they always say the same thing I said. I can't do that. Why? Because I'll be tired. Well, you're already tired. So what difference does it make, right? Check it out. Try it out. Who knows? Exhaustion can be real or can be in your mind. And, and last week, we asked you guys to, to pray for us as leaders. We went over to Big Bull Creek, and we sat there for about three hours, and, and we spent the first two hours just praying about what God wants us to do, and asked you guys to pray for that. And out of that came several things, several scriptures, several concepts, about one of them being rise up or raise up. We ain't figured that out. I think it's rise up, right? One of them being have ears to hear, have eyes to see, right? Uh, one of them was, was we've got to re-engage. If you, if, you, if you recall, last year we actually literally took the seventh year of our church ministry being being, having on, being on mission here in Edgerton, we took it off because God laid on us said, let the mission field rest on the seventh year, right? I, that was hard for me because I'm like, let's go, let's get them, right? Let's go, let's go out to the community and do stuff, right? But he said, hold on, right? And then COVID hit and <laughs> couldn't do much anyway, which is, right? God knew. I mean, I, I just thought it was, just, uh, you know. But out of our session this past week, I I wrote something down that we want to do this year. I said, we want to help God's people see what he has created them to do and equip and motivate them to do it. If we can help you see that, what God has made you to be, and there's some all kinds of crazy ideas that, that came out of this that we'll, we're going to keep praying about. But one of the scriptures that came out of this was Proverbs 6.6. 6. It says, go to the ant, you slacker. 
observe its ways and become wise. Without leader, administrator, or ruler, it prepares its provisions in summer. It gathers its food during harvest. How long will you stay in bed, you slacker? What time you wake up? <laughs> I was like, oh, it's just like the Bible. When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms to rest, and your poverty will come on, will come like a robber, your need like a bandit. Ouch. So I'm like, hey, don't get mad at me for saying this one. <laughs> this is God's, God's word. Talk to him about it. Rest properly. Work hard. Prioritize your time. But more than anything, honor God with all of it and let him give you the energy. If he has a boundless supply of energy and resources and time. People think oh, it's just 24 hours a day. Hey, listen, God created time. He's held back the sun. It's pretty amazing and incredible to watch him hold back time. If you've never experienced it, it's, an, it's, an, like it's something that you just, it's surreal. And I know it sounds nuts, but there have been times in my life like, God, there's no way that I can get this done in three hours. I've got this and this and this and this and this. I said, but if you want me to get it done, I said, I, 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 I got to rely on you on this time. And you get done with time to spare. If you've never experienced it, it's, it's pretty neat, really neat. But God holds back. I, I promise you, like if it's, like it's, it's a, it sounds strange, but it's, it's, it's infinite to him. There is no past, present, and future to God. God says, I am the alpha and the omega. I am what was, what is, and what is to become. It's what he calls himself, right? And just like this boundless supply of time that we can have, if, we, if, we, if we're good stewards of it, right? Boundless supply of, of resources, boundless supply of energy. And he says, rest, when I say rest, and honor him with everything. And I'll leave you with this final scripture and one quick question. 2 Corinthians 10, starting in verse 1. Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and it's actually his third letter to the church, not, not his second, even though it's, it's the second one that we have. His first letter was referenced. I, I imagined he got into them so sharply he may have ripped it up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but it was never found. This is actually his third letter. But listen to what he says. Now, I, Paul... Make a personal appeal to you by the gentleness and graciousness of Christ. I who, I who am humble among you in person, but bold toward you when absent, I beg you that when I am present, I will not need to be bold with the confidence by which I plan to challenge certain people who think they're behaving in an unspiritual way, who think we are behaving in an unspiritual way. For though we live in the body, we do not wage war in an unspiritual way. Since the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but are powerful enough for God, for the through God, for the demolition of strongholds, we demolish, smash arguments and every high-minded thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, taking every thought captive to obey Christ. And all God's people said, amen, every thought. Well, I can't help those thoughts pop in my head. No, but you can take them captive and make them obedient to the Lord. I've heard someone say you can't stop a bird from landing on your head, 
but you can stop a nest from being built, right? This is important for us to understand. Our thoughts and how we allow them to proceed and convince us, a lot of times, man, it's that flesh versus spirit battle. But here's my final question that I want you to to walk with and, and to be thinking through this week. What is one thing, just one thing, and you may find more as you start discovering these, what is one thing you've told yourself you can't do that God has asked you to do? One thing. He's asked you. Notice he's never said you have to because this is never a have to. Now we have to love Jesus if we don't want to go to hell. The good news is we get to go to heaven, right? But he never says you have to love him. He never says you have to follow him. He never says you have to go make disciples because if you do these things, you'll prove to be my disciples. If you love me, you'll do what I say, John 14 and 15. Those are the things, amen. So what is something you've convinced yourself I'm not capable of, whether it's I don't have the time, I don't have the energy, I don't have the supply, I don't have what I need. There's no way I could do this, but I know God's stirring in me. What's, what's one thing? And it could be something you say is insignificant, but it might be significant to the Lord. Amen. Father, we love you. his name oh man yeah father where's he at father we ask for um, man thank you we ask for special favor right now Lord we ask that you uh, just like you've been laying on us eyes to hear and ears Eyes to see and ears to hear. You've promised that, that your sheep hear your voice. And we don't know if Chris has heard it, but you do. So I don't know why he's life flighted. You know all the details, Father, but I ask that you somehow, some way, not only heal him physically, but heal him permanently and eternally. Father, I ask that as, as we step into this week, as we step into what's going on, Lord, we, uh, man, we just lift our, man, our, our whole selves up to you, our, our physical bodies, our, our minds, our, our, our walk, our, our, man, our personal lives, uh, our private lives. Lord, may we just step into all these things with you and may you give us the energy to do what you want us to do And may we glorify you with everything. And we ask all these things in your son Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Have a great week, guys.